biggest project that a lot of people know about that we're working on is the development um, and construction of a cultural and environmental interpretive center called Wakan TV Center. Hello, welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem. And I'm your other host, Co Primo Miigwech, for joining us today. Native Lights is, at its core, a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Each and every week, we have wonderful conversations with great guests from a whole lot of different backgrounds. These are community leaders, healthcare advocates, educators, language warriors, you name it. We talk with them about their gifts and how they share those gifts with their community. And it all centers around purpose in our lives, and I can't wait to continue amplifying Native voices today. Leah, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for that intro. You know, I, I've i been thinking a lot about gifts these days. Maybe it's because Halloween's coming up, and I'm thinking about Halloween candy. I don't know, but <laughs> I just so appreciate as we talk with more and more people for Native Lights, just seeing everybody's unique gifts. Yeah, today we're uh, we're chatting with Maggie Lorenz. Uh, Maggie is an enrolled member of the Turtle Mountain Band of Ojibwe and descends from the Spirit Lake Dakota Nation. Um, she's the d- executive director and Wakan Teepee Center director at the Lower Phelan Creek Project. Uh, that's a native-led environmental conservation nonprofit on the east side of St. Paul. Uh, so I can't wait to ask her about that project. And she also serves on the board of directors for several organizations, including the Tiwahe Foundation and the American Indian Advisory Board. And here she is. Boo Maggie. My name is Maggie Lorenz. I am uh, Dakota and Anishinaabe. I was born and raised here in the Twin Cities and uh, metro area, but um, my home reservation is Turtle Mountain, and I'm also from Spirit Lake. Uh, both in North Dakota. And so that's like my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family is Irish German immigrants. And so they kind of met in the middle, like my dad's family settled in Wisconsin and my mom, you know, comes from North Dakota communities. And so yeah, met in the middle in Minnesota. And that's kind of how I came into the world and into this place. And um, I work right now, live and work on the east side of St. Paul, and I do uh, work with Lower Phelan Creek Project uh, focusing around environmental and cultural conservation and preservation work and restoration, in particular around some culturally important sites in the city of St. Paul or uh, known to Dakota people as Imanijaska, the area of St. Paul. But the site that we work with is Wakantipi which is a Dakota sacred site, um, a cave site that is also connected to spiritually and physically to the burial mounds at Indian Mounds Regional Park. So it's kind of like this landscape, this cultural landscape that we're really working to preserve and restore. Since you mentioned it, we might as well get into it. Could you talk about your, you know, your role as the Wakan TP Center Director and, uh, you know, how you approach that area? Yeah, so I got involved with this work um, as a staff member in 2019, but I was also involved, you know, for a couple of years prior to that as a community member, um, as Eastsider, uh, Dakota, an Ojibwe person who lives here in St. Paul on the east side. These spaces, you know, were part of my upbringing 
and, you know, learning stories from my mom and my aunties about uh, the sites that I work with now. Um, and now, you know, being in this position uh, with the organization, I've, l- I've been able to learn a lot more about the history of the sites that we have here and the cultural importance of these places. But yeah, I guess I got, I got involved uh, with the organization back in 2019. And we have a couple of, you know, really big projects and then uh, some different programs that we do in the community. But um, the biggest project that a lot of people know about that we're working on is the development um, and construction of a cultural and environmental interpretive center called Wakan TV Center, which will be located um, in the Bruce Vento Nature Sanctuary, which is the public city park that currently um, encompasses the Wakanti B sacred site. And so um, that's kind of like our main focus of work is, you know, really the restoration of that site involving um, community members as volunteers to to restore that site, to plant native, to remove invasive species, um, just to continue to tend to and care for that place. Um, So we do a lot of programming around that. And then this cultural center that we're developing will be a physical location that is, you know, close to the site, about a mile west of the site, that we can um, engage community for a gathering space and, you know, have uh, bring back some of the things that used to happen here at this place, like ceremonies. If you don't mind, could you paint a picture about Wakan TP and just, you know, describe what it would what it looks like to people who may not have seen it? A lot of people aren't aware of this, but the cave, uh, Wakan TP cave, had a, a beautiful atrium entrance, I guess, to the cave that was to, that was historically used as the area where people would have ceremonies and other gatherings at the site prior to colonization, and then with the introduction of settlers and industry to the area, um, the railroad actually going through that region, that area, they took about 100 feet off of that face of the bluff, which included the entrance to the cave where all of those ceremonies took place. There was thousands of year old um, petroglyphs and rock art in that atrium that were all destroyed with the coming of the railroad. And so we are doing the work that we're doing now to try to bring back and restore the historical purpose of this place, which is a sacred place of ceremony and gathering. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're speaking with Maggie Lorenz. She's the executive director and Wakan TP center director at the Lower Phelan Creek Project. That's a native-led environmental conservation nonprofit on the east side of St. Paul. So restoring the space, restoring the area, when so much has happened between then and now, what is the vision and what is kind of the, uh, what would be maybe the definition of restoration in this case? I think we've been having some really amazing conversations on our team here about what that means to us. And 
we've been talking about how the work that we're doing isn't to try to or attempt to um, go back to a past that is is gone, you know, and so we're not trying to recreate how this site may have looked in the 1600s or 1700s because that's not realistic to where we're at. I mean, it's interesting. There was, um, we do a lot of engagements with non-Native communities and I was recently presenting somewhere and and one of the non-Native people who I was presenting and just sharing about this project asked if we were going to do like historical reenactments of something at the site. And I was like, no, that's not part of the plan. And so really what we are trying to do is restore the honor and restore the purpose that this site has in our culture and in our nation as a place of ceremony and a place of gathering um, and, and restore the land to a healthy state because it was so heavily polluted and just uh, desecrated through more than 150-ish years of industrial use after Dakota people were exiled from the state. Uh, and so with that lack of our uh, presence and then stewardship of the site, there was a lot of desecration and pollution and things that happened there. Um, and so we want to restore the health of the ecosystem. We want to restore the purpose of the place um, and the honor to the place. But we we want to create um, and, and vision with the community about what is the future of this place for Indigenous people in the Twin Cities. How can we develop the, you know, the, the work that we're doing here? How do we develop that in a way that brings back and welcomes back um, people who have been exiled, um, brings back our teachings um, in in this 2022, you know, where we're at now in the world. And um, one of the, one of the uh, folks on our team calls us Dakota futurists. You know, we're mm. not trying to recreate the past, but we're really trying to hold on to what's meaningful and significant and important about our culture and bring that into the future. And you mentioned for the community. Is this done then in collaboration with people in that specific region? Or is there also a connection with maybe um, tribes or, um, yeah, something more formal? Or is it community members? It's both. So yeah. I think this is a really unique project because, you know, a lot of times... Uh, when when things happen in the cities, um, they might be somewhat disconnected from tribal communities. And um, I think what we're doing is really uh, unique in that we have really strong um, collaboration and partnership with the four Dakota communities um, in Minnesota. So um, Prairie Island uh, Indian community is deeply invested in the project and has been huge supporters in terms of you know, um, just resources and guidance and support. We And so um, Shakopee, also Lower Sioux, Upper Sioux, all of their tribal historic preservation offices have been involved in the development of the, you know, not only the design of the building itself, but the development of the uh, interpretive experience and the exhibits and all, all of those things. So, and in addition to that, we 
wanted to have equal weight or equal voice for Native people who live here in the Twin Cities. And so we have a number of East Side uh, residents who are Native that are on our committee. So, um, you know, we have authors and historians and um, educators and language keepers um, who are living in the Twin Cities and may or may not be enrolled in a in a Minnesota tribe, but are part of our Indigenous community here in the Twin Cities. So it's just a really great group of people that are working on this project. So could we, you know, you discussed the walk-on TP. Could we broaden it out to the, uh, you know, the Lower Phelan Creek project and just, um, you know, the what the goals are with that and just maybe the importance of that Lower Creek Phelan area for Native peoples? Yeah, so the organization has, you know, was born of this vision to restore or daylight, uh, is the technical term for it, I guess, uh, this creek, this waterway that connected Lake Phelan on the east side of St. Paul to the Mississippi River. And this creek was forced underground in the early 1900s, again, um, early settlers to the area trying to develop um, the the city and uh, and put a lot of our creeks and streams underground. And so our organization was born again from this vision to restore the creek to the surface. And so um, this group started this vision and this work back in the late nineties. And um, there's been just a lot of work behind the scenes and getting stakeholder support and community engagement for decades. And uh, finally culminated in 2018, 2019, we did a feasibility study to determine how feasible is this to daylight the creek. Now, uh, again, uh, this creek was put underground over 100 years ago. So is this something that is possible to do with all of the developments that happened in the last 100 years on the east side? And so we did this feasibility study and the outcome is that, yeah, there, there's some sections of the creek that might have to go, you know, uh, through pipes, but a majority of the creek can be restored to the surface, uh, the creek flow. And so we're working with um, some, and some water engineers and I'm learning all kinds of cool stuff about how these kinds of things happen in the urban area and, you know, urban landscaping and planning and design and, um, but, but we, uh, this year, were awarded through the um, state legislature, through the Lassard Sam's Outdoor Heritage Council, uh, three, a little over $3 million to actually restore this first section of the creek to the surface. So just south of Lake Phelan, we're going to be kind of kicking off our um, design and planning phase of work in 2023. And then in 2024, we're going to be doing starting construction to actually restore this creek to the surface. So we're super excited about that project. Um, so Lower Phelan Creek Project on a whole, we do like these larger scale, we, we have a history of doing these larger scale restoration projects. The first major project that the organization accomplished was the restoration of Bruce Vento Nature Sanctuary, which again is where um, the land where the Wakantipi cave is currently, um, you know, the boundaries are currently within that sanctuary. 
So obviously it's clear that, you know, you have a lot of passion for, uh, you know, restoring, daylighting these areas. Uh, and I'm just curious, we, we like to ask, we like to get to, you know, what makes people tick on the show, uh, you know, what led people down their path. Could you talk a little bit about that? Like what set you on your path uh, to doing this type of work? That's a great question. Um, and I feel like I can't really answer it without getting all spiritual and you know I don't know some people are like uh, oh not that sacred you know (laughs) but I mean it it kind of was like uh I felt like a spiritual thing you know that led me to doing the work that I'm doing here so prior to working with Lower Phelan Creek Project I was uh I worked in education and I worked in um higher education and like student services Um, student support services for, um, you know, six, seven years. And then I moved to K-12, again, doing like student support services, really passionate about that because I, education changed my life so much. I mean, I grew up low income, poor, I don't know, however you want to title that. And we just, we didn't have a lot. And I just felt like, how do I get out of this situation, you know, for myself? We just, I didn't want to grow up having my lights turned off all the time and not having enough food in the fridge. And that was just a reality I dealt with as a child. And I wanted to figure out how not to have that be the circumstances for my family and kids. And so um, I, I truly believe it was through Uh, higher education that I was able to make a better life for myself and my children. And so I started that kind of career path in student support services because I believed so much in the power of education to change lives and change outcomes for for people um, in our community. And so I did that for a good while. And then you know, after about 10 years or so of doing that, it was just really hard to exist as a Native person in these larger systems and to, I guess, deal with the tokenism that goes with the territory of being like the one Native person in the department or in the whole division or whatever that people go to with all kinds of um, interesting questions. I think interesting is like the word people use in Minnesota, (laughs) the Minnesota nice term. But it's like, okay, why am I getting all these questions? And it's like a big part of your job turns into just, you know, I don't know, this like random cultural education as the one Native person there. So I just got really tired of that. And then also it's there was just things that I wanted to do that I felt like, you know, because of the system and the big bureaucracy that is public school systems and um, higher education systems, it was hard to engage with community the way that I wanted to engage with community. And so I needed to kind of take a step back and rethink about um, how I wanted to kind of make my way and do something that felt like it was feeding my soul. And so I... I took like a year off of work and I started volunteering with all these different organizations that I, I liked. And that's kind of how I got involved with Lower Phelan Creek Project initially was as a volunteer. Um, And then I started doing some consulting work um, to engage with uh, Native community members with the work that the organization was doing at the time. And 
Yeah, I just, I, have, I feel like, you know, this opportunity opened up for the director for the Wakhan TV Center. And I was actually on the hiring committee first Ooh. for like six months that we were <laughs> recruiting and trying to find somebody and really, um, you know, not getting the applicants we were kind of hoping to get. And, um, and when we would get an applicant we liked, we, it was just, it kept falling through. And so ultimately, um, I was asked if I would be willing to apply for the position. And I just felt really underqualified, I guess, you know, like to lead an organization. I never even worked in nonprofits, let alone leading a nonprofit and leading a capital campaign. And it was just, it was really kind of intimidating for me. But I don't know, I talked to my elders and I prayed about it and and I just said to a creator, if I'm supposed to be here, then I then I guess I'll apply and I'll get hired. And if I'm not, like, please don't let me get hired for this job, you know. And I ended up getting hired. So I just, and since that time, I just feel like there's been so many just amazing things that have happened that have really led me to believe that I'm being helped in this work. I'm being aided um, in the work to restore again, like the, the protection and honor and sacred nature to these sites on the, on the east side of St. Paul that I think by and large, um, people have really forgotten how to, how to respect these places and how to engage. And, and that's definitely true in the non-Native community um, and doing that work to kind of influence landowners and policymakers to think about how these sites are managed is has been like the big lift that we're trying to do now. Wonderful. See, oftentimes leaders are chosen and that is just a testament, I think, to your your values and what you bring, which leads me to my next and final question from me anyway, is about leadership. Um, how do you bring your values and background into your leadership position? Yeah, I think um, it's definitely been like three and a half years of, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever seen those memes where it's like, um, like creator is giving you a lesson and like everything is like, chaos or something and it's like oh do I need to learn this lesson right now creator and yeah. you're like breaking down and crying and everything is just seems like madness and I kind of feel like that's a little bit for my personal like growth as a leader I guess uh if you want to call call what I'm doing that I guess but I just I don't know it, it feels weird for me to call myself a leader um but I do feel like I've been learning and growing so much and just I don't know how to how to get things done how to get things done like this in a good way um and so I guess what I bring well okay I can tell you this what I bring is I think authenticity to the work and so I just we had a our fall fundraiser a few weeks ago and uh one of my board members when we were kind of debriefing the event was like yeah, you know, it, it turned out really well. Um, I think it was really nice, but it was just, 
you know, it was kind of interesting how it was like, it's just a little bit like un- unpolished. And like, you know, uh, I think he was just used to seeing more uh, scripted, um, like really high, uh, highly organized <laughs> types of fundraiser events. And I think ever since I've taken over as the director, executive director for the organization, it's like, we're just, Indians, like we're not trying to be um, chiefs over here. We're not trying to, uh, like, I don't know, be anything other than just who we are and just like bringing that authenticity to the table. And I feel it feels really good that I don't have to leave that at home too when I come to work. And so, yeah, I think that's that's something that I value a lot too. And I value in our team and the organization that we're building is that we're just, we're, we're not trying to be anything other than just who we are already. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Maggie Lorenz, who is Ojibwe and Dakota. She's the executive director and Wakan TP center director at the Lower Phelan Creek Project, a native-led environmental conservation nonprofit on the east side of St. Paul. I just had one little question. If you had any final thoughts um, before we go... Yeah, I mean, I guess something that motivated me or inspired me to really get involved with this work is, um, you know, that local environmental leadership. And so I think it's amazing and like necessary that we have like these larger movements, you know, like uh, like what happened at Standing Rock and that get national attention. And, and those types of things are super important. But I, I, Personally, and for who I am, I feel like where I fit into the world is like that local level. And, you know, I've kind of talked to um, different, you know, members of our team here and especially like youth. I like to talk to youth about this too, but it's like all of those things, um, you know, like having having um, people who are really like boots on the ground, activists, organizers, protests rallies, that kind of stuff. That's like not my thing. It's so critical to the work that we're doing, but it's not what we do at Lower Failing Creek Project necessarily. And it's not like Maggie Lorenz. It's like not something that I'm like a huge person that's going to be like organizing that kind of stuff. But like the work that we do at Lower Failing Creek, like this stakeholder engagement with like the city and that council and the DNR. And it's like trying to do that, like long-term strategy policy work behind the scenes stuff like that's important too. And so I think sometimes uh, we can really, I don't know, I guess I don't want to like talk about our community or anything, but it's like sometimes in all communities, like people can really um, bring each other down or something, but I just, I think it's really important that we support one another's work, even if it's not something where you're personally drawn to um, that kind of activism or that kind of like change uh, making. It's just, there's so many places and ways to plug in. And it's just about finding what works for you and where, and where you can plug into that kind of work. And so I guess I would just say, you know, anybody who's like interested in restoration of like native lands, that's definitely our jam, and uh, we would love to connect. 
thank you to Maggie Lorenz. She is the executive director and Wakan TP center director at the Lower Phelan Creek Project, a native-led environmental conservation nonprofit on the east side of St. Paul. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Gigawabamen. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.